Welcome to the Retail Transformation Show with me, Oliver Banks. This is your weekly podcast, delivering you the insight, ideas, and inspiration to successfully change and transform in our ever-evolving world of retail. Enjoy listening. Hello and Happy New Year. Thank you for tuning in to the Retail Transformation Show. I am Oliver Banks, your host, and delighted to be your guide, helping show you and support you on the way to successful retail transformation. This one is episode 167, number 167. Now, right here on the Retail Transformation Show, of course, we are regularly touching on the many different aspects and the many different ways that retail is changing and that retail is evolving. We know it's been a rough ride. We know there has been huge amounts of change over the past couple of years. But as we kickstart a brand new year, I wanted to get some other perspectives, see what other people are excited about in the retail market. So I've reached out to a selection of friends of the podcast and voices of reason who have a great understanding of the market. And I wanted to ask them a couple of key questions. What is exciting them most about retail in 2022? And what are the watchouts that retailers and the retail industry really needs to consider and make sure that it's not forgotten about and not ignored? I'm really excited about this episode. We've got some great clips coming up and I will encourage you to head over to the show notes today at obandco.uk slash 167 where you can find out more about our guests and their content and of course sign up for the Retail Transformation Briefing as well to help keep your finger firmly on the pulse of our ever-evolving world of retail. Right, so without further ado... Here is our very first guest. Hi, this is Michael LeBlanc, founder and president of Emmy LeBlanc Company, Inc., a senior advisor to Retail Council of Canada and the Bank of Canada, all as part of my advisory and consulting practice. I've delivered keynotes, hosted fireside discussions with C-level executives, and participated on thought leadership panels worldwide. I'm also the producer and host of the Maven Media Network of industry-leading podcasts, including Canada's top retail industry podcast, The Voice of Retail, plus the remarkable retail podcast with author Steve Dennis, Global E-Commerce Tech Talks, and the Food Professor podcast with Dr. Sylvain Chalabaugh. Most recently, I launched Conversations with Commerce Next, a podcast focused on retail, e-commerce, digital marketing, and retail careers. Last but not least, that is, if you're still listening to this, I'm also the producer and host of the Last Request Barbecue channel on YouTube, where I cook meals to die for and, of course, make influencer riches. All right, let's talk about the retail industry. We are entering a super cycle of investment and innovation in the global retail industry. Retailers either got hit by the sledgehammer of closures and collapse of demand or the shockwave of outsized demand and supply pain. So in both cases, the COVID era so far has meant acceleration, but delayed and deferred innovation and investment. That all changes for 2022. 80% of the retailers I spoke to told me they plan significant increases in capital spending in the years ahead, from new websites to handle the sustained traffic and commerce demands, ERP systems to have better visibility into the supply chain, and store renovation, rebuilds, launches, and redesigns to meet the new post-COVID consumer head-on. Now, in terms of watchouts, one of my favorite interviews of the year was with behavioral scientist and author Emery Sawyer on his book, 
The Myth of Experience. It's a book all about why we learn the wrong lessons and how to account for and correct for the biases that drive these erroneous insights. The retail industry needs to be careful that they learn the right lessons from the COVID era and understand in what ways consumers and consumer behavior has been irrevocably altered after three years of living, and yes, shopping, through a global pandemic. Buckle up, it's going to be an amazing three years. Good luck, everyone. Keep in touch, connect with me on LinkedIn. Let's keep that conversation going. Okay, so that was Michael LeBlanc there, and some really interesting points. The innovation and investment aspect is incredibly exciting. I'm thoroughly in agreement with him there. And in particular, that's going to drive lots of transformation, both incremental transformation where retailers are evolving, as well as more fundamental transformation where we're going to see retailers shifting into new arenas or change in more complex ways than just the traditional expansion by opening more stores or moving into more categories, for example. And of course, as part of that transformation, let's not forget, we'll also see some non-retailers continuing to move in to the retail market. And when it comes to innovation, we have seen some incredible innovation recently, of course. Ideas that would have seemed space-age technology just a few years ago are now feasible. And not only technically feasible, but increasingly commercially feasible too. Whether we are talking about robots wandering around the streets, or AI stylists, or smart digitally enabled homes, self-driving cars, voice shopping, DNA personalised diets, digital social communities, check out free stores, drone deliveries, space tourism and commercial space flights, and so much more. Yes, innovation is incredibly exciting, but Michael's watch out is so true as well. With all of that innovation and investment, if you have learned the wrong lessons from the COVID era, or you have not understood and continue to understand how customers and the world is evolving, then that innovation and that investment will only become a heavy burden measured by money, time and effort. And that, of course, will definitely cost you. But without building clarity in a purpose-driven operating model, that innovation and that investment really risks just becoming cool stuff that isn't interlinked with the wider business. It isn't integrated. And to customers, it feels irrelevant and disconnected. And so if that innovation and investment is not tied into that purpose-driven operating model, it's just going to become a sunk cost, or as I was saying, a burden. So great points by our first guest, Michael LeBlanc. And if you want to check out more from Michael, then remember to head over to the show notes. I'm putting links into the great content that all of these guests regularly share. obandco.uk slash 167. Next up, we have a dynamic duo. Well, I'm Chris Walton. I'm Anne Mazinga. And we are the founders of OmniTalk, the retail blog by retailers, for retailers. It's all about the future of retail. At OmniTalk.blog for the listeners. Chris, I want to know here what excites you most about retail in 2022. Actually, and I want you to tell us what excites us most about retail because you're going to start this Fine. question. <laughs> I will start this off. 
this is how we work at Omnitalk. So what excites me most about retail in 2022 is how different I think our shopping experiences in store are going to be in 2022 with the advancements and the adoption of checkout free retail technology. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think that's definitely going to fundamentally change things. You know, we've seen the rise of Amazon fresh now at 40,000 square feet in just recent weeks. I think the other thing, the other element I would add to you on, on, oh, add to yes. things on the contactless side of things or, or the checkout free side of things, I think we're going to see a continued evolution of curbside pickup. Oh, we're seeing cool things with like what Best Buy has been experimenting with. I think you're going to start to see that move into the realm of how do you take returns through God, I hope different so. ways of providing curbside services, different yes. parking lot infrastructures, different locker placements. I think you're going to start to see a lot of cool things around that because that's the biggest trend I thought that came out of the pandemic that's here to stay, quite frankly. hundred percent. Chris, what is one big thing that you think retailers in the retail industry need to consider but are at real risk of being forgotten or ignored? Yeah, I mean, I'll highlight, I, I wrote a piece earlier this year, the five trends retailers could miss if they don't keep their eyes out for it. And the first one on the list was the the rise of the instant delivery marketplace that disintermediates everybody, you know, and by that, I mean, speed matters to people. And there's a lot of people going after 15, 20, 30 minute delivery. You might think it's crazy, but if they can figure out how to make it work, and some of them seemingly are figuring it out, at least to some degree, and it'll just gain more power over time, the more consumers that come to get addicted to that experience, sure. that's something that's really formidable that, you know, we know Amazon for fast, convenient delivery, but who's that number two, right. that is unoccupied territory that is just ripe for the taking and worth billions of dollars. hundred percent. And I would say for me, it's that retailers need to focus on the automation that needs to be put in place in order to meet that speed to meet the demands of increased curbside pickup of all these new ways of checking out. And that can't be done by just a human workforce. It has to be some investment in technology and automation. So especially at the micro level, for sure at the store level. Absolutely. So that's our, that's our hopes and dreams from Omnitalk for 2022. Have a good Hope holiday. Hope you liked it, Oliver. So great to hear from Chris and Anne of Omnitalk and definitely agreeing with them Amazon and COVID have driven two really exciting elements in checkout-free stores and curbside pickup. Checkout-free stores, of course, have largely been driven by Amazon's innovation. But not only Amazon's innovation, there have been many other companies across the world, here in the UK, in Israel, of course, a lot in China in particular as well. This shift, this trend is really picking up pace. So definitely an exciting area to watch. And curbside pickup, of course, has seen massive growth over the last couple of years. And as Michael actually mentioned earlier, there's going to be lots of innovation coming up. And I think curbside pickup is going to definitely be one of those areas that is going to see a large shift in the innovation. But what's really interesting is both of these exciting elements are driving speed of shopping and convenience to shop, ultimately leading us to a place where customers are increasingly able to shop in the way that they want to shop and at the time that they want to shop. But the watch out is also true. Instant delivery is increasingly growing and you cannot ignore it. Now, let's be honest, the world of delivery has been a race to be the fastest. And now we're getting to super, super fast. I don't know how much further it can go before a product magically 
teleports itself right into your hands as soon as you think about it. <laughs> but I think what's going to be really interesting here is we'll see some yo-yoing around delivery with a balance of depth of range versus speed to doorstep. And as Chris and Anne hint, lots of investment into systems and data flows and robotic automation and process automation as well, of course. And here again, building that operating model here is critically important because it needs to be finely tuned for top performance in aspects like speed and consistency. And we also heard a word that really stuck out and resonated with me. And that word is addictive. Rapid delivery is becoming addictive. And I've actually been slightly taken back at just how quickly this whole rapid delivery or quick commerce movement has been adopted, especially in the grocery market. And especially when you consider just how slowly people have shifted to grocery e-commerce over the past 20 years. So great to hear from Chris and Anne from OmniTalk. And here is our next guest. Hi, I'm Scott Thompson. I've been writing about the retail sector for more than 20 years and I'm currently editor and founder of RTIH, the leading UK-based retail technology news and information site. Check it out at www.retailtechinnovationhub.com. So what excites me most about retail in 2022 is the rapid delivery space, as there is a lot of innovation happening in regards to the last mile and a number of cool startups emerging. Whilst quick commerce is nothing new, COVID-19 has catapulted its expansion to the point where it's become a channel in its own right. Startups like Joker, Bike and Gorillas have dispersed their distribution networks to within an actual mile via the use of dark stores. Whether you believe that people need and deserve delivery within 15 minutes of placing their orders or feel that rapid delivery is killing the planet and exploiting workers, you won't be able to ignore this space in 2022. It will be interesting to see if new giants are created or will the existing big hitters come back swinging with their own rapid delivery offerings. Moving on to the one big thing that retailers need to consider but are at real risk of being forgotten about or ignored, I would flag up the importance of store staff. Check out free stores, staffed by a small number of employees, are all the rage right now. But in the rush to embrace autonomous shopping, retailers should not lose focus on helping and equipping their frontline staff so they're empowered to get on with the important business of serving customers. Of all the challenges facing retailers, the issue of employee engagement is a big one. During the coronavirus outbreak, many shoppers have developed a newfound love of local. They have come to appreciate the value of stores that offer personal service and good old-fashioned community spirit. And it's a trend that will remain in place long past the pandemic. Retailers should be devolving more power to store managers and letting store staff get on with developing loyal, local relationships with customers. Unfortunately, disengaged, unhappy employees stuck in drab, uninspiring stores remains an all-too-common occurrence, and I worry that many retailers will not be grasping the nettle in 2022. Now, this was really interesting. Scott picked out very similar items to Chris and Anne. And rapid delivery, of course, as I say, is a very exciting space right now. And partnerships and acquisitions mean that this market will definitely be one to watch going forward. And Scott's website, the Retail Tech Innovation Hub, is a great source for keeping an eye on some of the partnerships, the acquisitions and the investments into 
all of these different rapid delivery startups and I'm sure, as we'll see, the big players coming in as well. But also a very interesting observation there from Scott about checkout free stores and the customer's drive for shopping and engaging with local businesses and independent retailers. And it's interesting, it kind of matches my observations from trying a few checkout free stores. And that is that they can become very similar. Now, don't get me wrong. I am a fan of checkout free stores, but I do think that the tech and app interface is very similar, particularly if you are scanning to enter and then simply walking out. The products are very similar, especially for commodity brands. There is no service aspect, really. So how do you compare and contrast different retailers as a customer, I'm talking? Well, it kind of comes down to standards like availability and cleanliness and price. Simple, really. And so to excel in a world of checkout free stores, the focus has to be on building operational excellence and commercial excellence. Operational excellence drives productive ways of working. It allows you to focus on those KPIs that matter most to customers. And commercial excellence is able to maximize the gross profit to leave you, hopefully, with sufficient margin at the end of the day or at the end of the year. And so that operating model, again, will be critical to define the aspects that drive operational excellence. But also, an operating model can build commercial excellence by setting up the ways of working outside of stores and outside of distribution centers. It can lay out the key values, the characteristics, the decision-making mindset, and much, much more. So do remember to check out the show notes today to learn more about all of our experts and access the fantastic content and perspective that they are regularly producing too. Head over to obandco.uk slash 167. So it's time for our final guest here on this episode. Here we go. Hello, my name's Simon Hedder at Rethink Productivity. At Rethink, we help lots of organisations understand their productivity and help them drive to be more productive, more efficient, spend more time with customers and or save some money in the process. To do that, we do lots of activity study. So we spend time on site measuring process, helping that customer understand how long things take, where the opportunity for improvement is, how that sits against our benchmark data, and at times we'll turn that into workload models. So if I know how long it takes to do a process and I know how many I do, therefore I can start to predict how many hours I need to do that work and how much it's going to cost me. Also do lots of role study. So looking at specialist and leadership roles, what they're doing with their time, how much overlap and crossover there is between other roles in the leadership structure and where there's opportunity to streamline, do tasks at a lower cost base or think differently about how those organisational structures are designed and lots of efficiency study. As a store, for example, in retail as a whole, how much time do you spend with customers? How much time do you spend on task and process? How much non-value add time there is? And where there's opportunities based on what we've seen or our benchmark data set to improve. What excites me about retail most in 2022? I think the pace of change throughout the last 18 months, two years, we've seen lots of change based on the pandemic. Retailers being really reactive, 
lots of pace, lots of innovation. So I'm hoping that all pushes through in 2022 and brings even more weird and wonderful things that we've not even thought about as customers to the table. For me, the one big watch out that retailers need to consider or or that's at risk of being forgotten or ignored is this whole productivity journey that we help them with. So when you look to understand your productivity, find out what people are doing, I think it's very easy to see that as a cost exercise. But actually, the real purpose should be what processes can we stop? What processes can potentially we digitize or digitize and reduce the inputs into Because if you just look at carving out cost, that workload still remains, then you end up stretching certainly those salaried people more, which brings less work-life balance, more pressure at work. So for me, it's all about making sure that if you are looking to reduce headcount, reduce cost, that you actually take the work out or redesign the work content alongside those structural changes or headcount reduction. Simon's really excited by the innovation continuing, as really we all have been today. It is a very exciting time, but Simon's watch out is really great as well. And it again highlights the need for an effective operating model. You cannot be just cutting costs and expecting the same standards, the same operating model. If you are wanting to cut costs, that's fine but it does have to be a tangible saving. You can just stop doing certain processes and it will save money. It will save payroll in particular, but you need to understand why that process existed in the very first place. And therefore you will understand what is going to be sacrificed as a result of removing that process or that process step. Essentially, you can make an eyes wide open decision. But if you do effectively digitalize and simplify the operating model genuinely, then you can drive real, tangible, quantifiable, realizable, if that's a word, (laughs) continuous improvements and cost savings. But also think about operating model changes and even productivity changes that don't just cut costs, but perhaps bring other benefits in too. Perhaps they drive sales, or perhaps there are a host of other benefits, maybe non-financial benefits too, of course. So it is an incredibly exciting moment and time for retail. A time full of opportunity, but also a dangerous time too. It's easy to back the wrong horse. It's easy to make mistakes. And it's easy to delay decisions or perhaps choose what could feel like the wrong option. And throughout this episode, we've touched on operating models. And I believe that the operating model is the vehicle that can safely unlock the opportunities that we've highlighted and will continue to highlight. It can drive the right innovations. It can protect the precious investment that you have to make. And it ultimately will propel your business forward. And I always love talking to retailers and helping retailers to discover their ideal operating model, both as a coach and as a consultant. So if you would like to find some time together to discuss defining or evolving your retail operating model, then send me an email, oliver.banks at obandco.uk. 
or connect with me on LinkedIn and send me a message over there. Now today we are on episode 167, which means there are at least another 166 episodes for you to go and check out of this podcast. And so it's always good to highlight some additional episodes for you to check out. And I've got three for you to go and listen to next. Firstly, in episode 156, we took a look at the changing facets of retail and some of the key elements that are evolving and what you need to do about it. So episode 156 is a great listen for you right now. Also check out episode 117, where I was asking, are retail operating models dead? Okay, okay, so the spoiler there is no, they are not dead. But find out why you might be thinking that and why it's not the case. Episode 117 there. And then finally, listen to episode 142 called The Modern Retail Operating Model. A great episode there, recorded live at Retail Transformation Live, my virtual event, which did actually feature three of our fantastic guests today in Michael LeBlanc, in Anne Mazenga, and in Simon Hedo. But if you would like references to those three additional episodes to check out, then head over to the show notes today, obandco.uk slash 167. Now, I just want to say a big thank you to the Fab Five that appeared today, to Michael LeBlanc of The Voice of Retail and of the Remarkable Retail Podcast, and many other great podcasts. To Anne Mazenga and Chris Walton of OmniTalk. To Scott Thompson of RTIH, the Retail Tech Innovation Hub. And to Simon Hedo of Rethink Productivity and the Rethink Productivity Podcast. And of course, a big thank you to you for listening and for your continued support. It's so much appreciated and have a fantastic 2022. Thanks for listening. Bye.